Hi, this is Dr. Jose Saldivar with another episode of the Way to College podcast. Um, one of the benefits uh, of the podcast that I didn't anticipate was the opportunity to connect with with people not only within my network, but even just people with you know in an extended network and people that are doing amazing things. Today is no different. Today, my guest is really I I don't even know how to introduce my guest, and and I'm kind of at a loss for words. So I'm going to allow my guest to introduce herself um, to our listeners out there. So Alma, why don't you introduce yourself to our guests? Tell us a little bit about you before we really get into our conversation. Introduce myself. Um, uh, my name is Alma, Alma Rosa Martinez Carranza. I am uh, Dr. Alma Martinez. I'm a university professor. My area of, of interest, specialization, passion has always been theater acting, performance, directing, the arts, and film and television later on. Um, I was born in Monclova, Coahuila. My parents immigrated when I was months old. I have an older sister, Thelma. Uh, mom and dad are from, mom is from uh, Ocampo, Coahuila. My dad was born in uh, Piedras Negras, and I was born in Monclova. So my family, we have family all along, all along from, you know, Rosita, Nava, Piedras Negras, Igle Paz. <laughs> I didn't even know Igle Paz. I think Igle Paz was the Spanish. <laughs> we still call it Igle Paz. San Antonio, Del Rio, all along the border. Um, yeah, and so we immigrated to Waukegan, Illinois. I have uh, three younger brothers, Carlos, Roberto, and Ricardo. And uh, pretty much from the time I was one to seven, we lived in Waukegan, Illinois, because we had a tío who helped uh, my dad get a job and get settled. And then we moved to California. I grew up in Pico Rivera, generally, most of my my uh, young adult life, um, elementary, middle, and high school in Pico Rivera. And uh, yeah, um, I discovered theater acting when I was in 15. And then I ended up going to, et well, that's, that's when we get into the college. Um, I have a, I have a, a, my BA degree is in drama from Whittier College. My MFA, Master's in Fine Arts is in acting from USC and my PhD from Stanford, which is where uh, you and I probably met um, during that time. I was there about the same time you were. Um, my PhD is in drama, um, dramatic criticism and directing. I was the first Latina, Chicana, Latina ever accepted into the PhD program, and I was the second to graduate. My colleague, Dr. Irma Mayorga, another brilliant, wonderful scholar, uh, she was the first to graduate. It took me a little longer to finish my dissertation, but I'm proud to say I was the second. So it's a field that not a lot of people are going into, obviously, in higher education, especially back then. But now there's a lot more Latin Latinx people going into theater, uh, dramaturgy, performance, etc. So that's my background. Um, I didn't get there. It wasn't an easy road, but um, but I'm very proud of what I've accomplished, and I'm very proud of my education. It's been my salvation and my pride and joy. Even about, oh, and I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm a professional actor, by the way. I'm currently on a season one and two of a series at Netflix called Hentified. It's a very Chicano fabulous. Uh, it's gotten a lot of great critical reviews um, about the gentrification of Boyle Heights. And again, all Latino writers, it's just really brilliant. America Ferreira is executive producer and directs. I'm also in another series. It's called Bosch Legacy. Uh, this new series is about Chicanos, Chicano artists. So uh, things are changing. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm a working actor and uh, commercials and all that. And I did Zoot Suit, you know, and a lot of films. And I'm in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, 
So I vote for the Oscars and I'm also in the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. So I vote for the Emmys and I could go on and on and on and on and on. And I'm going to stop there. And you can see why I would have had trouble. Like, how, how do I, how do I condense that right into a really brief introduction? <laughs> Alma, thank, thank you so much. And, and, Congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Because I, I know I am not an actor, right? But I think even just what you said about studying acting, studying drama, theater, and in the PhD program and being the second Chicana Latino, right, to, to do it. I think that also says a lot ab about that field, right? Where when, when, when we're one of few that are doing that kind of work, I think that says a lot. That speaks volumes. So thank you. Alma, I always ask my guests this first question, and the question is, if you had to point to a moment in your life when you could say, my educational journey started there, at that moment, mm. what would that, where would that point be for you? Oh, it's so hard to say. I'm writing, I'm also a, a, an author, and I'm, I, I've published a lot of articles, and I'm working on one now about my trajectory as an actor, my training, mm -hmm. you know, my methodology. And I've studied with so many, I've studied in the U.S., I've studied in Mexico at the CUT. People who are actors know the CUT. I've studied in Europe and with Lee Strasberg, Jersey Grotowski. So my, it's all over the place. So I consider that my education too. There's formal and then outside of the institution. So what education? You know, I have to tell you, education has always been my, I've always liked it very much. It's been my retreat. It's been my, um, how can I say, my, my safety place. Mm -hmm. I always really liked school. Because remember, I was raised by a Mexican family and, and I was a, a girl. I was a woman. So I couldn't go to the dances. I couldn't go to the, my, even my senior like retreat, I couldn't go. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do a lot of things, but I could go to school. And in school, I I excelled. I mean, so I think my education in middle school is when I realized, oh, my God, I really would like to do this. I was always a good athlete, so I was on the teams, right? Played really good tennis. and But you don't have to talk to anybody, really. <laughs> you just kind of, like, hit the ball, spike the volleyball, you know, slam the tennis ball. <laughs> so I really just, I think in middle school, I decided I was going to run for office. I remember pacing, literally pacing up and down the office to sign my name. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it was like secretary. I was like, what, 13? I don't even know. But you understand that for a young girl from Mexico, Spanish was my first language, never, never quite fit, you know. And but I wanted I knew I had I wanted to try things. I didn't want to be afraid anymore because I didn't like being afraid and my whole life has been about there's a saying my favorite saying is I love the stars too much to be afraid of the night and that's my favorite saying that's my favorite saying so that's been kind of my mantra my whole life because things scare me you know I yeah everything you know intimidated overwhelmed out of place yeah. uh, imposter syndrome and so anyway, so I would say it was that when I decided to jump in and I won. And then I went on, like in high school, you know, ASB this and that and president of this and acting awards and, you know, stellar citizen and top of my class and, you know, princess here and there. It was heaven for me. I had a good time. But I had to be home every day after school and I couldn't go out at night and I couldn't date. So get the idea? So school, yeah. yeah. So school was my, so school was my fun, my my escape my so I really liked it so that said my entire career has been about learning so I've given you my credentials 
Jose? Mm -hmm. It took me 13 years to get my BA. It took me 10 years to get my master's. And it took me six years to get my PhD, but it took me another five years to finish, or five, three, not that bad, my dissertation. So it's not like I went through, you know, the way you're supposed to. And I'm realizing there isn't any way you're supposed to get an education because you can get an education outside of a university. The goal is to just keep learning and growing and following what you really love. And to be honest, the reason it took me so long is because I wasn't getting what I needed at USC. Out of high school, I got a full scholarship to USC. Crashed and burned. Worst experience of my life up until, you know, about 10 years ago was my freshman year at USC. So it hasn't been easy, but yeah. the turning point for me is when I decided to run for to run for this public office because it was mean that I would be accepted. People like me or didn't like me. You know, I could do the job or couldn't. So that was the yeah. big step for me. I would say middle school. Wow. You know, you're not the first. I uh, I did an interview with a, another guest recently, and he talked about how school was also the safety this yeah. safety place. He talked about for him, home wasn't necessarily happy. But and 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 his family didn't always have access to resources, right? But but in school, school was again. It was a place where he thrived, uh, and so I appreciate you sharing that. You know, talk about your first year at USC, crashing and burning. What happened? What what was it that? Because I I think that that first year is so critical, right, for a lot of us. And and if if we don't make it that first year, right, you know, statistically, right, statistically yeah. speaking, if we don't make it that first year, chances are we're not gonna we're not gonna finish, right. Mm -hmm. And and so what happened your first year? <laughs> if you don't mind sharing. How much time do we have? <laughs> so what happened was remember, we lived only 28 miles away from SC, but we never we only we my dad, my family, we only went mother had a business, but mostly Latinas. We only shopped at Latino stores. We only went our big out, it was seven of us, seven or five siblings. We only went to the our big trips were to the million dollar movie, the Mexican matinee on Sundays. Mexican movies, Variedad, Loteria, Mariachis, you know, they would sell Mexican food in the candy counters. We were running up and down, but we never went to Hollywood, West Bell. We never, we never ventured out Huntington Beach or once in a while we go to the beach or the mountains, yeah. but we didn't have a lot of money. My dad was assembly line worker at General Motors. My mother, a beautician. So consequently, I say this because it was a very sheltered in many ways. I, I just wasn't exposed a lot. I remember my, my drama professor, my theater professor, who I loved, he's the one who encouraged me, was in a play in Costa Mesa. And it was like, where's that? And I have an older sister. Let's take out the map. Okay, <laughs> let's plan. Okay, if we take the freeway, Thelma, you're going to, mind you, I was 16, 17, you know, still in high school, the family car. Thelma, she didn't drive the map. Okay, we're going to get there two hours early. So we got there. Okay, now we're going to go, let's go get a pizza. Where? Okay, but let's, we don't want to be late. I mean, we've never been out of Pico Rivera. And we were like 40 miles away. And then when we went to the movies, um, it was recommended my Spanish teacher, a French movie. And I loved her. Like she was one of my role models. Okay. It's in West LA. Where's that? Get the map out. <laughs> and so to see a French movie, it was like, oh my God. Okay. Thelma, there's a restaurant, you know, I, they're talking about in Long Beach. So we never went out. Okay. So here we go. I get a full scholarship. I'd never been to SC. Uh, I knew I had a good football team, but I didn't know about researching or going to the campus. I just, you know, it's 28 miles away, great football team. I do. I remember I did play to Yale and I remember getting rejected from there, but, uh, but that was the only place. So my parents, um, they paid for my dorm my first semester, but I had to get a job to help offset the price. 
I move in to the dorm. And one of the things they didn't tell me was they gave you a scholarship, but the scholarship doesn't cover books. So I had, my parents gave me $5 a week for spending money. They couldn't give me anymore. Wow. So I ended up picking classes that I, that the, the, I could afford the books with the money I had. So I couldn't take some of the classes I wanted. I couldn't take French. I wanted to take Russian history, I remember. It's like I wanted to explore the world. I went to a fencing class. I went, nope, 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 nope. So that was limiting. And then I needed to find a job. And I didn't, no one said there were jobs I can get on campus. I mean, no one helped me. No one, that's why the, those of you who are listening, that's why um, professors like Dr. Saldivar, resources, they'll tell you what's available. They're going to help you get through the first year. There was no one in 1971 or 1974. Not good. So consequently, then what happened was I started going to classes. And then my first acting class, the governor's daughter was in the class. So you can remember Ronald Reagan was the president. So these were all these rich white people. And there were a couple of Chicanos. One went on to work with the United Farm Workers. And, um, and it was me. And I went up there and they wanted me to improvise. That's what I'm writing about in this article right now. Oh, okay, pretend you're talking to your dad, the professor says. You know, we're going to improvise your psychological realism, what's your life like. And I went, oh, darn. <laughs> okay, dad doesn't speak English, but they don't, but dad doesn't speak English, but they don't speak Spanish. Okay, so I'm going to have to translate. Now, dad and I never have conversations. Uh, dad says, tell your daughter she has too much makeup. Tell your daughter her dress is too short. <laughs> Okay, so I have to make up, uh, what do, how do I make up? So I invented this whole, I thought of Gidget, like, you know, spunky teenager Gidget. So I started improvising and it was all a cliche. Stop, stop. And I'm like on the stage, right? Everybody's staring at me. This is, this is bad acting. This is a cliche. This isn't real. She's making, and I'm like. <laughs> like wow. <laughs> So consequently, you have these little, this little young Chicana, never been away from home. I'm like a star, top of my class in high school, but, you know, acting awards. I get there and it's like, ah, ah. <laughs> there was that, right? Because I didn't know that the code switching. I grew all of us who speak Spanish and English, especially Spanish as our first language. We code switch. We know how to. We translate. You know. If we're translating for our parents, we can't we can't directly translate what they're saying. We have to change the translation culturally. Yeah. You know what? Culturally, we have to change it. So we're really smart. It develops a really high IQ. It really, that's been studied. This thing that we do has doesn't been measured, but it's, it just makes you really astute. And that's what I did within like 15 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, they won't understand me. They don't speak Spanish, but eh. So my point is then what I excelled in eh, and my grades when I was an A, B student, I went B to C and that was unacceptable to me. So I felt I failed. And so yeah. the first semester, I barely like made it. I was so upset. And then I had a roommate. Oh, someone made the decision to put me in the, in the same room with a very, very wealthy, very neurotic, rich, white woman. And she was like, why are you in school? It sucks. Why do we need it? This is 71. I coming out of the 60s, right? Yeah. And this, and then she smoked dope. And I think she slept with half the football team. And I was like, <laughs> and I, was like I was like, I was like this, like, but we, I mean, that's your roommate. That's the yeah. only person on campus I bonded with. And we were in the nunnery, which means boys weren't allowed in the rooms upstairs. It's the nut called a nunnery. So my point is, so I had the pressure from her, like, you know, drop out it's you know school and i was getting the pressure i had to be home by five my parents would call me i go mom and dad 
I'm going to be in plays. I'm rehearsing. No, you have to be home. Anyway, make a long story short, the, the pressure. Second semester, I signed up for classes, and you ready? And the grades were bad. And you ready for this? It was a like a Thursday or Friday. It was a long weekend. My the roommate um, overdosed on drugs. Uh -huh. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And she, I, I was like, I'm gonna call the doctor. No, because they'll kick me out. Don't, don't. And she was like freaking out. And so I stayed with her. Didn't sleep. Forty eight hours because she's my friend. That's we're loyal, right? Make, we're loyal. She's my friend. Stayed with her. You know, she hallucinated. She was all over the place. And don't call them. And so what I did was, um, oh, well, I'm not gonna get into that. It's like hilarious, by the way. It's hilarious <laughs> what happened. It was so sad. It was hilarious. I call I called a KRLA hotline. You have hotlines. If you're in trouble with drugs, call KRLA. And I did. <laughs> oh my God. I ended up me in my car in Hollywood Hills at dead at night, Paula in a blanket. We went out the fire escape. And then I won't tell you the rest. But after that, <laughs> after 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 that night, I have to tell you, I ran. All I remember is taking all my 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 papers, not even my books, my notebooks, not my books, going outside to the fire pit, throwing it all in, lighting a match and burning it. I tell people I'm like a diva in the making, like very dramatic. <laughs> but, but I did, I burned it. I burned everything and I watched it burn. And then I left the school and I, I, I left. I lost my scholarship. And after that, I fell into this depression. Because think about it. I yeah. thought I was like the top of my class. Everything I did in school told me I was like doing it all right. And of course, it was all white, which is I, this is what I write about. I think I thought I was white, yeah. like white, meaning because yeah. I excelled in learning all this white stuff. I was in all these white plays. <laughs> yeah. So consequently, I crashed and burned and I got into this depression. I, and I've, I've never been in a depression again. Never happened to me again because didn't didn't know. Yeah. Literally, I would lie in bed and tear up tears. I wouldn't cry. The tears were just just. So anyway, my parents were going to Mexico. They were concerned. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I ended up going to Mexico. And of course, always looking for theater. Theater, theater was my, when I was on stage and I was alive and expressing and talking to people. And I was, that was my real safe place. So I went to University of Guadalajara and uh, to study theater. I ended up going to Mexico because I thought I must be Mexican if I'm not white. <laughs> now, understand was that the term Chicano wasn't in my. Yeah. When I learned I was a Chicana. Yeah. With Luis Valdez, Teatro Campesino, everything changed. But that wasn't until 1977. This is 1971 or 72. So I went to Luis de Guadalajara and Gael Garcia Bernal, the actor, his mother, who was like 16 or 17 was in my class, but I'm going to stop here. But my point being for your listeners, it was not easy. Yeah. First generation, everything I'm telling you, your listeners was, is everything now that it's taken all these years, but we now have in place an understanding that first generation students need tremendous help. What kind of help? You name it. Yeah. <laughs> A yeah. through Z. As yeah. simple as, Alma, no one told me when I went to Whittier College, I didn't have to get jobs cleaning houses. I could get job learning to be working in an office, um, campus, admissions. No one told me. And so I was wow. cleaning houses. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't have any training in any jobs. So my point being, back to your listeners, we need help 
A to Z. Yeah. And a aceta in Spanish too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened to me. I'm 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 like the 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 like the icon of why you need first gen counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. It was just really hard because I kept seeking and looking and I just no, I just couldn't get answers. Um I just and I stumbled, I fell, I picked myself up. What kept me going? What kept me going? I was hungry. I was hungry for a place to where I belonged. I was hungry to act. Yeah. I was hungry to lead a happy, fulfilling life, but I didn't know what it was. And when I crashed and burned as in the white institutions, I picked myself up and I go, I'm going to go to Mexico, maybe in Mexico. I belong. But remember, yeah. what saved me was I learned I was a Chicana, but that no one, I knew, didn't know anybody back then who could kind of talk, because they weren't teaching it in schools. Yeah. That I, yeah. I didn't even know what it meant to be a Chicana. Anyway. So, so let me ask, so let, no, let me ask you, um, and, and it's funny, the, the story, the way you describe it, and, and your thought process and, and thinking about, I thought I was white, right? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I wrote about that in my own dissertation. In my own dissertation, because because even though I grew up in South Texas, where the majority of the of the, the people are from Mexico, you know, and and my parents spoke Spanish, my parents would not speak to me in Spanish because they were punished for doing so. Of course. So I remember going to Stanford and and feeling very much like how you felt. Now, for me, the fortunate thing was there was a Chicano studies program. And so I could take classes in Chicano studies. And all of a sudden I thought, you know, I'm reading Gloria and Saldu and Americo Paredes. And I'm like, wow, all of these people are from South Texas. And I've mm-hmm. never heard of them. <laughs> never been introduced. I had to go away to California <laughs> to this very elite institution to learn about people that were in my backyard. Right? These, yeah. the, you know, these, these in, incredible intellectuals. Yeah. You, so let me ask you, cause you said you, you, right. You, you, you hadn't learned that you were a Chicana, right? You didn't know that you were a Chicana yet. When did you learn that? <laughs> so I went to Universidad de Guadalajara. And remember, I, I'm an acting. I went acting school. My parents wouldn't let me because señoritas buenas, good girls, don't study theater. Mm. So they put me in a secretarial school. And my first act of defiance was I went to secretarial school. I'm a bilingual executive secretary. But at night, I went to the theater late afternoon. And we would tour to the provincias and do theater. And But... I but I wasn't Mexican. I wasn't I I was the gringa. Yeah. I didn't fit. So I went back to Whittier College, but I had heard of a I had heard of a great conservatory. Whittier College two years. That's when I was cleaning houses because no one told me I could, you know, do any other kind of jobs. So saved my and worked in the cafeteria, saved money, went to Mexico City, the UNAM, one of the best theater training conservatories in all of Latin America, all of North, all of Western Hemisphere. It's brilliant. I've been to Ro- the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London. I also studied there. The CUT for me is better. It's better. Wow. It's better. Yeah. Um, maybe because I'm Latina, but it's better. I got great training. Um, my point being that and I was introduced to Jersey Grotowski. That's really important because remember, I was an actor, Stanislavski, mm-hmm. be real, psychological realism. Well, if your partner doesn't speak Spanish and doesn't know your reality, how can you be real? Grotowski is all about the body, the body and expression in the body, not a lot of words. Anyway, my point is, so I, the quote, I left only because um, they changed the the, the, the president, the Dedazo, 
the pre the different president the president new president elects the president of the university and all and all the deans of the schools get kicked out they put their friends in <laughs> so the wow. people i went to study with hector mendoza was no longer there so i went back and i moved to the hate in san francisco with my boyfriend who i say was a a high functioning pothead <laughs> <laughs> so we lived in the hate and that's when I met Teatro Campesino. And I had seen them. Remember, I went to Whittier College? They mm -hmm. came like a tour. And I remember watching them and my jaw just dropped. Who are they? They're like me. And they're actors. Who are they? I, my parents weren't farm workers. Um, my dad worked as Altos Hornos in Monclova, you know, um, in the trains. We weren't like farmers. So they there were farm worker issues, which I never related to. Um, anyway. So after that, I took a four-hour bus drive. I didn't have a car from Whittier College to Claremont because they were Claremont Colleges, they were doing a workshop. And I went and I did the workshop and I loved them, but I was already accepted to go to the CUT. I was the first Chicana ever accepted to the CUT. And it was like, I was going to the CUT. So when I came back, was at the hate with my high-functioning pothead. I say that because he was an account executive at J. Walter Thompson. <laughs> and then he became a, a very, very famous uh, documentary filmmaker. In, oh. He was English and spoke perfect Spanish. And the Museum of Man, they would send him around the world to get stuff. Smoked a lot of pot. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I was in San Francisco, and Petro Campesino was looking for people to tour in their, in their play. And remember, I'm dying to do theater. I mean, I'm dying to do theater. I've been working a year as a secretary because we were going to save money, my, my boyfriend, and travel to Latin America. And that was his dream, and I liked it. But then I had a chance to do theater and go to Europe. So I auditioned. So I, with 10 months, we were on the road with the play, six months in the U.S., four months in Europe. <gasps> Fantastic, best experience of my life because I was a Chicana. <laughs> Spanish and English, shorthand. I mean, it was amazing. And I think Luis Valdez and I, the director, the founder, we clicked artistically. So when I finished, he goes, what are you doing after? I go, I don't know, because I don't know. I just found out I'm a Chicana. I want to act. I don't have any money. I don't have a car. I don't have a checkbook. Um, why don't you audition for the play Zutsu? And I said, okay. So I auditioned and I got the lead, the female romantic lead. What that means, you have to understand, that union... It was in Hollywood, a union contract. I wasn't in any union and it was paying like more money than I'd ever seen. So my point is, you guys, your listeners is, even though I stumbled and fell and crashed at USC, I wasn't white, but I also wasn't Mexican. The whole time I never lost sight. You know, this isn't working for me. I, I gotta yeah. go somewhere else. Mexico, I, I love Grotowski, but they don't accept me, you know? So again, went to, went to, met my boyfriend. We were going to go to Latin America and then Chicano theater. And this is what happened. I had already learned how to act. I was a really good actor. Then the opportunity came. Do you want to audition? I've never been in a professional show. Do you want to audition? Sure. I auditioned. I got the role, my first union job and everything from there went up. I got agents, a Hollywood career. I was able now to be able to finish my BA. I went to Whittier College. Remember, I went there for two years, dropped out. I went back and I finished. And I was working the whole time. I'm going to stop here. So, because uh, there's a whole lot of stories. Um, I'm, I'm 60, I'm 68. So there's a lot of stories. So my point is that that's what changed my life, uh, wow. Dr. Saldivar, is the Teatro Campesino. 
And I, from then on, I went on to be Luis Valdez's leading lady in a lot of his plays. We just clicked. We just clicked, like artistically. And I would read the phone book for Luis Valdez. He, um, I love working with him. And it really launched the career of a lot of us. Zoot Suit did. But again, preparation meets opportunity. That's luck. That's what luck is. That's beautiful. Um, thank you. And and. I think, and especially right, that you emphasize that you never lost sight of your goal. You never lost sight of what it is that you want. Not only, I mean, both educationally, mm-hmm. right, because education was important to you, right? So, so finishing that degree was important. And regardless of how long you took, regardless of the twists and turns, that remained part of your plan, mm-hmm. as well as the opportunity to act, and the opportunity to perfect that craft, and so to see, because I I, I think you know a, a lot of a lot of young people, even you know we get even in adulthood, we experience a setback, and that's it. All right, I'm done. I'm gonna move on to something else. And so, you know, I appreciate you talking about that. In spite of the twist turns, going into going to Mexico, going to Mexico City, going to to, to the hate in San Francisco, you never lost sight of those goals, and you continue forward you continued forward um that's that's awesome um and it paid off right it paid off for you oh, yeah. as you said your your career took off you you know joined the union you're, you're getting roles in hollywood now and and so you're having all of this success this professional success why go and pursue a master's so good question so so there I am. I, I'm in Zoot Suit. We ran for a year, by the way. I had like a job for a whole year. Eight, eight days a week, eight shows, packed. Everybody came to see Zoot Suit. I'll always remember, um, again, remember I had lived in Mexico for like two years. And, and then San Francisco, we didn't have a TV. Then I was in Guadalajara. So I was kind of out of it, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of TV shows. And I remember coming down at intermission. And uh, I walked down. Everybody's always in the green room in intermission, right? So I came down, and everybody was, like, against the wall, like, hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? And then there was a guy standing by the water cooler, this big, tall guy. And I go, oh, I'm going to get some water. I go, hi, hi. I'm Alma. Who are you? Oh, I'm John Travolta. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, are you uh, – who invited you? He goes, oh, I'm friends with uh, Michael Kelly in the chorus. I go, oh, oh, yeah, because – um. Oh, yeah, he just did this movie. Yeah, we just did a film called Grease. Oh, you, you, oh, you just wrapped it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, it's nice. And all of a sudden, everybody starts swarming around me. It's like, like oh, <laughs> nice to meet you. So he had just, the person who choreographed Zoot Suit mm-hmm. and who choreographed the movie is Patricia Birch, one of the great Broadway choreographers. So they had just done Grease. And Patricia brought people from Greece, including... My, um, a lot of people in our production of Zoot Suit on the film were from Greece and they had just wrapped. So no one knew what Greece was. But John Travolta had a reputation before that. And again, I never saw television, so I didn't know what he was. Just a cute tall guy. So <laughs> my point being that there a lot of and you know, a lot of people saw Zoot Suit. Everybody saw Zoot Suit. Everybody. So it was really important. So um back to what you were saying. So me, it's like I would look at actors. And wow, they're really good. Like they have skills that I go, wow, this is something I would love to have more skills in this area. I would like to. So you know what I did? I looked at their resumes. I go, what in their background? Me back to education. Because you have to understand when I I learned to act 
in high school and in college because I always got scholarships. I, I never, I didn't have any money. My parents didn't. So I did it all in scholarships. So the only way I knew to grow was colleges. I didn't know there were acting schools. I didn't know there were teachers. So consequently for me, if I want to learn, I got to go back to college. So I would look at resumes and I saw, oh, this actor has an MFA. Well, a BA, I hadn't finished my undergrad, a BA. Okay, so I got my BA, Whittier College. I remember I graduated in 85, but I had to run because I had a matinee in Santa Monica <laughs> um, for the miser. So I didn't, I went, my, gave, gave my family a kiss and I ran to make my matinee. So while I was working in Hollywood, I was finishing my BA. So I did both. And then same thing, these actors, while and they're getting these parts and they're good, I look at their resume. Ah, they have an MFA, which means they studied more. Where did they go to school? Ah, I'm going to get an MFA because I want to rise to a level where I'm working on really important productions. So I started to get my MFA, but then I dropped out because I lost the scholarship because I got married. And I got, when you get married, they count your husband's income. But when I got a divorce, I got nothing. <laughs> 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 so I signed up for an MFA. I get my get my scholarship because I really don't have that much money yet. And then I lose it because I marry him. He has money, but then I get a divorce and I get nothing. <laughs> so I, go, I go, what's wrong with this picture? They go, I'm <laughs> Anyway, the point is I didn't finish the MFA. I came back. And when I finished my MFA, I was already, I had left LA. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, but always pursuing, again, education is what I knew. And the people that I admired had training, had training. So I remember I flew in because I was doing a season at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. I was in uh, Macbeth and I flew in to get my ceremony, kissed my family, got on a plane, went back and did a and did an evening performance. <laughs> so it was always an important part. Wait till you hear about Stanford. Oi, oi. So... <laughs> What uh, way to tell that story? So I was at Oregon Shakespeare Festival and I had left LA because I said I was already 40. No one hires you. If you're a woman, like at 38, but 40, no one hires you because you're not the sexy young person, especially women of color. We're not the sexy, exotic, you know, Latinas or black women or whatever anymore. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm not liking my life. I just, and then I got a divorce. I go, I'm leaving LA. I'm leaving. I don't know what I'm going to do. I packed up everything, went for one year to Oregon Shakespeare to just think. And it was a perfect place to think. All you do is theater. All you do is you're in three plays. The whole town is theater. It's what I thrived. I till this day, I say when actors die, they go to Ashland, Oregon, Oregon <laughs> Shakespeare Festival, and they do and they do rotating rep in perpetuity. It's heaven for an actor. It's heaven. But I also knew that I still, I didn't have a car, a new car. I mean, not new, but a good car. I didn't own a house. I had nothing. I really had no money, nothing. And I couldn't live on the road because I did Broadway. I've been on Broadway, off Broadway. I've done regional theater. That took a bit up Europe. You don't make enough money as a theater actor. It doesn't pay you enough. Good when you're young, but single, because you have to be on the road. So what am I going to do? So I thought PhD, I'm going to get a PhD, but it was before computers. So everything, 1995 letters, letters. I knew I didn't have any money. So I knew I had to work. So I didn't want to go to the East coast. So I investigated PhD programs from university of Washington, UCLA, UC San Diego, Stanford. And I, and the only place that had 
academic uh, training and practical because I knew I had to be able to do theater and I just study it. And right now it's called, that field is called performance studies. It wasn't called that. So my PhD is dramatic criticism and directing. Stanford was the only one who was offering it. So I wrote a letter and they accepted me. But here's the deal. <laughs> I'm sorry, do you have time? We have time? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, so here, here's the deal. My contract at, uh, I was still at Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is about what, five hours away or something? Mm -hmm. Well, my contract ended October 30. Stanford started September 15. So I said, oh my God, I'm going to lose my scholarship. What am I going to do? Yeah. Because I was still doing, I was working full-time at the theater. So I took classes on my days off. So when I finished my show at like 10.30 at night, I jump in my car because I was moving everything to my new housing. I would pack my car. I burned out like three clutches. <laughs> and I, I would sleep. I would sleep in, what is it? What is it where all the Martinez, where all the oil, there's oil rigs? Anyway, there's a lit parking lot. I would sleep there for like to rest, then go the next day, unload my car, go to class, get in my car, then come back for the show. And I did that for like six weeks until I finished my contract. Then I moved to Stanford. But here's every class I was able to arrange except one. I took a class in Mexican-American uh, relations, political politics, political relations, yeah. something like that. That class, I would have had to miss four classes. I'm, so a letter, dear Professor Smith, you don't know me. I I'm going to take your class, but I have an issue. I'm going to miss four classes because I'm at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. But, you know, send me the homework. I will read it. I will do the papers. I hope you'll allow me to be in your class. I really want to take his class. Yeah. And he goes, uh, dear Miss Martinez, as a 15-year member of the board of directors of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, <laughs> you can come whenever you want. Oh wow! Can you believe it? Can you believe it? it was um I can't Smith, an Americano. Hmm. Smith was his name, but um so wow. so consequently then uh, so my education, as you can see, it's like I set these sites and. It was, I didn't own anything. I just wanted to act. But I have to tell you, after I was 40, didn't have a dime because I, like a lot of young women, I, I had to say it, we, we fall in love and we don't protect ourselves financially because I fell in love. So money didn't matter. And, you know, I helped pay half for the Nothing mattered. But consequently, when I divorced, I had nothing, you know, nothing. So I had to start thinking about how am I going to support myself? Yeah. Well, Stanford, I graduated. And again, I'm still continuing my education because remember I told you, it's it's about following your dream. And I've always loved education and I'm gonna I'm always an actor. I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I combine the two. Yeah. So consequently then I still continued my education. I went to RADA, I studied in Paris, I studied in, in Argentina, I studied in Cuba. My point is that I still continue to study, even to this day. I was in yeah. Italy doing a, a voice workshop because now that I'm older, I have arthritis and I can't move as much. I go, you know what? I'm gonna develop my voice, my voice, so I yeah. can maybe be more informed and be a better, not artist, but also a better teacher. So do you see what I mean? It's like, I'm always looking, even though I'm gonna, I'm gonna be 69. And so I'm still looking about growing. And also now, you know, I own a couple of properties and I have a car and I'm more much more financially secure. So that's the balance also. We also have to have, it's like, I can be an artist, but there's a point where I said, you know, 
what can I do? Because I've got to support myself. And that's the best thing I could find. I love education and I love theater. And that was the best decision I ever made, Dr. Saldiva, the best. And you know why? Why? Because actors, when we're hired, we're hired guns. We come in, we film, we shoot, and then we're gone. Like, that's it. I'm going to be filming something tomorrow. It's like I come in, I do my scenes, but I'm not in a play. I don't get to meet everybody. I'm working with, uh, uh, there's one of the actors is in the band, The Strokes. Okay. And he's one of like the actors. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to meet him. I don't know who he is. My niece says he's really important. (laughs) And I go, I want to meet him. Well, we're not in the same scene. So the reason I bring this up to your viewers is that as an actor, oh, great profession, but you don't meet, you're like this people, you're a hired gun. Yeah. So when I joined the, the academic community, the theater academic, especially with Latinos and people of color, color, it opened this whole intellectual, creative, global interconnection networking with other artists that you don't have as an independent actor. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So consequently, it's the best thing I ever did, because if I was an actor, now I'm an actor with all these branches of knowledge and networking that I'm able to bring to the classroom to help me grow. And you know what? To keep me excited and motivated. New ideas. You see what I mean? Yeah. So so education is, you know, education is like people think, you know, schools and tuition and debt you know and loans and it's it's not that education can be outside of the classroom and education is about you never letting that intellectual curiosity don't anybody you know step on it diminish it you got to keep that passion up because that passion of curiosity is the passion of life for you always pursuing the light the goodness the light in yourself and others and in the world so i'm gonna stop (laughs) well and i and i I think first of all wow for you to, to 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 put everything together right from your early educational experiences on through your phd but also more importantly i think the message of Right. We, we continue to learn like our, our learning doesn't stop and our education doesn't stop. Right. It's not about getting a particular degree and saying, OK, I check that off. I'm done with that. No, it's a it's a process and we continue to evolve and continue to learn. So I appreciate you tying everything together. And I think, you know, I, I think that also to your credit, your pursuit of education, your pursuit of your craft has also um, for a lot of us, right, we, we talk about motivation and what is it that drives us. And, and you know, people find, I think, sometimes we get to a point where we're like, well, I, I don't know what's next. I don't know what to pursue. But it sounds like there's you've always had that. And it's that beautiful thing that you've always pursued that, whether it's the education and the craft. Right. And like you said, you've been able to, to, to put those two together. Alma, before we go, because I want to be respectful of your time. Um, what last piece of advice would you give our listeners? Do you know who Father Greg Boyle is? Mm-hmm. The founder yeah. of Homeboy Industries. Um, I, I'm my church is um, Dolores Mission. I'm not a, like a real deep Catholic, but I am someone who wants to help my community any way I can and learn from my community because I certainly, you know, there's a lot to learn. But I love Dolores Mission, and he's written three books, and I'm reading the third one right now. 
And it's just, it's just, I, I highly recommend it. Read, read the one, two, and three. Father Boyle founded Homeboy Industries, mm-hmm. and basically he found a way um, to help um, gang members and members in the formerly incarcerated basically help them to find their wholeness, mm-hmm. who they are outside of the trauma that they've experienced. So we should not be defined by the worst things we have ever done. And I'm talking about myself too, because we beat ourselves up, right? We're Latinos. Oh my God, I got to be better. I got to be good. We're imperfect, but we can't let the worst thing we've ever done define us. So I guess for your listeners, what I would say is every day is a new day to start. Every day is a new beginning. Do you know what I mean? So when, what I learned about in my experience, like fell I picked up I fell and picked what I learned was when I fall I learned how to pick myself up I fell again yeah (laughs) but I picked myself up again and you know what that made me it made me fearless I wasn't afraid to make big changes and I trusted what we have is our intuition something inside says sabes que esi no mas no Mexico, I love Mexicana, pero no más, no. Also, it's like a relationship. Sabes que esta, esta, esta amistad, this friendship, when I'm with this person, I, I don't feel good. They gossip so much and I leave thinking negative things. This isn't good. Yeah. Maybe I need to maybe not be around this person so much and look for other kinds of friendships that that are strong so it taught me to trust the intuition so that's what i would tell your listeners in your life in your education your relationships dime con quien andas y digo quien eres yeah so the same thing with your education now you may have to stay for different reasons like okay i don't care for this school right now but i'm trying to get this degree to go somewhere else then you do the degree but i didn't have that kind of pressure but the idea is trust your intuition if something is feeding you, is making you strong, making you feel stronger, positive in the light, this is a good thing. But when you start feeling the opposite of that, whether it's education, a job, relationships, yeah, got to follow the instinct and you've got to step back. You've got to step back. So my, in, my advice would be that you've got to follow your intuition. You may, and this is what I tell my students, by the way, you may not know what you want, what you want to major in, but take this class because once you take it, then you know you don't want it. So I say it's just as important to know what you don't want than what you want. What you don't want to be is someone who says, oh, I don't want to be a scientist. Oh, I don't want to do this. Well, try it. Try it. And if you don't like it, then you can say you don't like it. Yeah. Because you've got you've got to know what you don't like. Even if you don't know where you're going to go, you got to try things. That way you know you know what, it's not going to work as opposed to you don't like anything. So again, it's just as important to know what you don't want than to know what you want. It's just as important. Alba Martinez, thank you so much. Thank you for your time and these wonderful stories. Um, I, I appreciate I appreciate everything that you've shared with, with me and with our listeners. So thank you very much. Um, this concludes another episode of the Way to College podcast. So thank you to Alma Martinez for joining us. Thank you to all of you, our listeners out there. Don't forget to subscribe and follow. And please share the podcast with, with your friends. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.